Welcome back. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D show. I'm your host, Bob Walton Spiel, hanging out with co-host producer extraordinaire Randy Walker. Guest this week, the legend himself, Jer Stays, is here from Daily Detroit. We're going to be talking all things the city, getting a little bit of the tech scene that's going on out there. You can find us online, itinthed.com. Do us a favor. Give us a like on the socials. Subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Don't forget, for the summer, meetup.com slash itinity. We're going to be at Nancy Whiskey's for a trifecta on the back patio. No cover, no speakers, just IT folks networking, hanging out, having a cold soda. Or a ginger ale or whatever you like. Whatever you like. That is judge. Thursday, July 20th. It is. It's in the first one. July 20th. It came up quick. Feels like yeah. it was yesterday. Well, it's close enough to what would be National Dive Bar Day that was uh, last Friday. I had a everyone so everyone and their mother sent me that list right Um, (laughs) and they go let me guess you've been to all of them and I looked at the list and I was I was I I was not happy like it's got your usual suspects Mm -hmm. but then it's they I think they tried to incorporate a little bit of Dearborn in your life a little bit of Macomb Township in your in the in the you know trying to do a mambo number five um didn't work too well um but they're like jambuzies which is a neighborhood i think like people don't know what a dive bar is so let's talk about that for a second because you, you mentioned nancy whiskeys and the event coming up and nancy whiskey is one of the ye old dive bars it's been there for a bazillion years it survived past a fire uh, you and i've been drinking there for a long time bob yeah and uh, i think there's just certain qualities to being a dive bar and i think I think one of them is is you need to be rooted in the community in a way that's more than just just a neighborhood bar. It needs to be something where it's like this draws you in even if even if you're not around the corner. And I think that's part of what's so great about like the two way in and uh, a bunch of other places or R.I.P. Tom's Tavern. There's a rating scale, though. There's a whole quotient like you need to have. Like I went to, I just went to Dublin, Ireland. I don't think I've talked to you since uh, since I came back, but like every bar had the rack of chips and the rack of peanuts. Every, even the nice places had the rack of chips, the rack. (laughs) And I feel like you need to have the rack of better maids to qualify as a good dive bar. I also think that I'm going to be, I'm going to rip the bandaid off, but if you have to uh, go number two, I think you're going to go home before you go that, like that qualifies (laughs) as being a dive bar. Um, There's, there's a thing with like the bathroom, like, you know, love whiskey in a jar and ham tramic. So help me God if my stomach ever rumbles there. Right. I'm, I'm driving the half an hour home before I, you know, think about that. Old um, Miami dive bar for that reason. And others old Miami dive bar. You have to have canned even beer. worse. Even I think worse. You have to have canned beer and your feet need to stick on the floor. Like <laughs> you, I think there's a, like, there's a thing like, you know, writing in the bathroom walls. I don't, you know, the neighborhood bars like, like a jambo, like a Muldoon's by my house. It's not a dive bar. It's just, it's just a bar. That's nice. It's a nice bar in the neighborhood. Yeah. And some of the bars end up looking more like somebody's basement than a dive bar. And that's a little bit, that's not quite the same thing. That same thing either. It's, it's gotta be have this, this right little, little mix of things. You know, I think about ABIX down in Southwest Detroit. I mean, you can be a dive bar in the suburbs. I don't want to take the suburbs out of this, but I think there's so, so many places that are neighborhood bars that are called dive bars. There's one bar that everybody forgets about. It's called Goldie's. It's on, I think it's Heidenreich and Hall road. And they claim to be around since the 1860s or 1870s. And it is, uh, when you walk in, it's just got that pulse. Like, you know, you can't, you know, and the ones that put dive bar on the sign, they're not, you know, I think <laughs> it needs to, it needs to have that thing. Like if you, you've never been to Goldie's, I've not been to Goldie's. I saw your pictures of, uh, 
I think it was you went to the uh, basement burger place yes. in Mount Clemens. Yes. How was that? Fantastic. So here, here's the th- here's the scoop of that place. Apparently, it's been around since it used to be a blind pig back in the Prohibition days, and it was a place guy a guy named Frank owned it. It was a house, and you go in the basement when you walk in, and it's a six foot tall ceiling. I'm six foot three when I'm wearing my extra wide sketches. I'm six foot four and a half. So I am, uh, I'm ducking, trying to walk through and it seats about 30. There is one woman working behind and they have a grill. They make a fantastic burger. They have a liverwurst sandwich on the menu and a fried bologna sandwich that is better than mercury bar. I said it, clip it. Randy. It is, uh, it's fantastic. There's bikers in there. There's old men in there. There's 20 year old kids in there and there's everybody in between. It's fantastic place. Yeah, I've, I I enjoyed it a lot. I haven't been since, uh, well, the world shut down for a minute. So I need to get back there. Absolutely. I, I think it's a great place. You're talking about um, uh, Mercury Burger Bar. And I'll say this because I was just over seeing the new Roosevelt, Roosevelt Park and all the stuff that Ford did. I got to say, the strength at Mercury is the poutine tots more than the fried bologna. Oh, I did not know they had that on the menu. Yeah, last time was a very, very tasty. See, that place is fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from what Mercury does. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying what I think its strength is. Just like unpopular opinion, I think Slows is better at the Yardbird and their sides than they are at Brisket. There you go. I said it. That's fair. They have a better pulled pork, and uh, the Brisket at uh, Woodpile is insanely better. Um, Yeah, and I just had Bad Brad's, too, and that was one of the best lunches I've had in a very long time. I need to go back there more. Where's Bad Um, Brad's? There's uh they're all over the east side. There's one in uh I think there's one in Lake Orion, there's one in Shelby, there's one in uh Clinton Township, there's one on like 23 and something. Uh they had the candy bacon. That's where you go, that's why you go. Okay. Um their wings, candy bacon, they make a brisket cheddar sausage. Um it's fantastic. Their burn ends, the brisket burn ends are fa- it's it's so good. Like it, nice. it, it's one Speaking of those you, barbecue. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say I just tried House of Barbecue in Clawson on South Main, just south of 14 Mile. Fantastic. It used to be an Italian restaurant, and they didn't change the decor, so it's very <laughs> disjointed. I saw the menu; it looked insane, like forty two dollars for a slab of ribs or something, and I'm like, "What in the world is going yeah. on?" It was a little pricey, depending on what you got, but it was delicious, and see, the sides were actually worth the price. Yeah. See, I want to rant about a bar right now. Um, Raj, I live in you know the Rochester area, Jerry. You know this. And it seems like, you know, remember when AFB came out, it's just another F and bar. And I feel like anyone that has a, a 300 square foot space wants to open it in the AFB. And uh, I went to the the back door because uh, it's behind DeMarco's Italian restaurant. So they own it and they had their little back room space that I wasn't using. So let's make a taco and tequileria and have yeah, yeah. two things on the menu and overcharge for everything. Okay. And have poker on the tv and whitney houston playing on the radio and just completely miss the mark of what you're supposed to be and i don't want to oh i understand your feeling of like frustration i don't want to throw them particularly under the bus because they're, I just they're new i just did it was bad well i was gonna throw another place under the bus <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. i went to a cigar bar in allen park i think it's like like rat pack or something like that and I wanted to be into it because I'm always about supporting a little place. And I think they just have some steps they need to do, including adding a menu. Mm. There was no menu, not for the drinks, not for nothing. And I was just kind of. That's a dive. That's a dive bar uh, quality right there. No menu. 
Right, but it didn't. So it didn't have the other dive bar airs. And dive bars right. can't make Randy's drink either. The Mister Six Ingredient drink. No, a dive bar is a place where Randy could be banned from. Like he almost Absolutely. got kicked out of whiskey. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Marshall's has all the ingredients for an Alabama Slammer, and if they're not busy, I will ask them to make me one. I know I was there when you did, and the look on the guy's face could have stopped traffic. Um, so, oh Jerry- my God, Marshall's has a wobbly bar, just so people know. Like when you hold on to the bar, it'll be a little. Oh, I remember that. I was trying to lean back in my chair and almost pulled the bar down. Um, <laughs> so. I, a, I just wanted to con- kind of congratulate you on your success, Jerry. When you say you're going to go out and you're going to do a daily podcast, and then what, seven years later, you're still doing it? Six years has it been? Uh, well, I, don't, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. And like <laughs> you're still doing a daily podcast, like literally hats off. I, I'm super proud of you. Um, I remember when you asked me if you should buy the domain for an undisclosed amount of money, and I said, absolutely. So I feel, uh, I feel invested in your, uh, not invested, but you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been with you with you in the beginning, and you brought up Roosevelt Park, and it's something I wanted to talk to you about because I think the flavor of Detroit's changed. And not that I'm saying r slash Detroit on Reddit is the, the barometer, but uh, you know, not too long ago, 15 years ago or 10 years ago, we used to mock people in Detroit because they, oh, save the buildings. Don't put up that, uh, you know, and it, just, it was like a very whiny sentiment, like, say, you know, and we'd mock them incessantly. And now it's like, I read the thing on Roosevelt Park and it was like, it's fantastic. Love it. Looks great. And it they does look the great. building. Yeah. And they save the building. And, the, you know, a couple of comments were, you know, run trains there. I go, you don't know what they're doing there. They're not going to be running trains. Um, but regardless, yeah. it's like everybody's kind of cheerleading the fixing upping of something that was blight. I know it can't be your prom backdrop anymore for, for a lot, you know, some of the suburban high school kids. Well, so see, um, see, isn't that kind of the weird thing, though? Right. You fix it up. And to some people, it might feel uh, less enticing to certain to certain people. You know, I think about all the pictures over the years of Detroit blight and everything. And I read a book that I think was called Trust Me, I'm Lying. And it was by this guy, Ryan Holiday, who worked for the guy for American Apparel. And they did all these like marketing campaigns. He was one of the people who really shared out some of those uh, viral photos of Detroit because it would get a huge viral hit. And they found that the pictures without people did better. Because they could insert themselves in like the craziness and the decay and whatever. And then now that there's people there, it's like, oh, well, we can't really we can't really trash it anymore. You know what I mean? No, it's fantastic. And like one of the things happened that I used to always yell at people about um, when they say when they would someone would fix up. Um, I'm trying to Google it right now. But when they would try to you know, like, oh, you can't fix that up. It should have been this or it should have been that or you should make it low income this or you should make it a barbershop that. Well, I guess like eight people went together and they opened up. I, I, Randy, do you know the story? I'm trying to Google it. Worker owned. It was like eight people got together and they decided to open a worker owned business. And I think it was Hamtramck. I don't know if it's a restaurant or if it's a. a There's a couple of things like that where people just decided that they're just going to make the thing happen. You know, I think about um, Michigan Trumbull, which is now no now popping up at the web and going to be at a new spot closer to the new Henry Ford complex that's getting built. Oh, it's a worker-owned uh, thrift store coming to Hamtramck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Detroit Public Thrift started as a pop-up, and you know, after three years of planning, but it's just a group of, and it's like, you got your got your money together, you got your sweat, sweat equity together, and you're doing something cool. Like, go, go do. You know what I mean? If you want to, yep. you know, we always said, be the arbiter of change. If you want something to change, there's ways to do it. Like, these key, you know, and I think that's died a little bit. This whole keyboard commando thing. I don't see the snide comments anymore about the city. I don't see, um, 
you know, is it that is it that it's inevitable now? Is it that like, oh, Illich and you know Gilbert have taken over Detroit? It's inevitable. Like, what, what's the use of complaining? Or what, what's your take on that? I think it's multifaceted. I think you'll still see that in some communities, depending on your background. But and, and there's honestly some some things that people can talk about. But I think people realize that Detroit is bigger than downtown. So you can look at Gilbert and Illich, and that's great. And you know what? Dan Gilbert's put a lot of money into this city, and I know people have their criticisms. But at the end of the day, he did it in an environment that is extremely adverse to getting things done. Yeah. You know, like he put up a lot of his own money. People don't realize that there are a lot of things that he had to finance himself because he couldn't. The man who wrote your mortgage or could get you a mortgage couldn't get one for the buildings he built. And that's one of the reasons why he needed the, the the things that he did. And you could you know you could debate is Hudson's too big and all this other stuff, but he's getting it. Well, he done. it, didn't he? He did, he did. I think that's wise. Actually, I, I think it's a wise a wise move. And things, frank, frankly, one of the biggest shifts is that whole like work from home thing that Im- impacts downtown Detroit and a lot of Midwest downtowns quite a bit. So that's something to think about. But there is so much more to the city of Detroit, and if we're going to say focus on the city of Detroit. There's so much more to the city of Detroit than downtown. And so you mentioned Hamtramck or people are doing things in Southwest. People are doing things over by Mary Grove. People are doing things in Bagley. I've got a friend who just built a building in the Bagley neighborhood. Like these are things, West Village, these are things that there's so much more to that conversation. Now, when you do something like what I do, which has a regional reach and knowing that 15% of the region's population is in Detroit, 85% is not. I think a lot of people only understand that, okay, they think downtown, they think Eastern Market, maybe they think Corktown. That's kind of their map of downtown. I think one of the big changes is is that there's people are outside of the city are starting to realize there's so much more to Detroit um, and so many um, opportunities and cool businesses to, to do. Avenue of Fashion has been sticking it out the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. But now people are like, oh, there's these cool restaurants here. There's these businesses. It's an absolutely awesome – uh, example of black owned businesses through there, which is absolutely great. And you know, you got so many shifts in the in the region too. You know, you got a bunch of black owned businesses up in Royal Oak now. Like there's so many things that have changed in the last five or six years. And I think they always were changing, but they are now very apparent. It hits that line where it's like, oh, just like with the the Roosevelt Park thing in Ford, you can't deny that that's a thing now, right? You look at that, you look at the book depository. That's a thing, man. That's a billion dollars in front of you. If you look at what's going on now, like with home ownership, um, it's in the toilet because interest rates are being high. Prices on real estate is stupid. So like if you look it out, like in Oakland County, they're building apartments as fast as you can stand them up. Most areas out here buying every plot of land, putting up 150 uh, corporate owned, you know, basically apartments. And they're charging uh, more than people pay for their mortgage for a two bedroom. Yeah. yeah, it's it's insane. And, and so here I'm thinking going, you know, Detroit, if you really want to compete, like I know they're working on the neighborhoods a lot. Um, but I think the biggest thing is still the schools. And, and, you know, a lot of things have changed, but I think that's the one thing that's still other than Cast Tech. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people from the burbs don't. That's the main reason they don't want to, uh, you know, stake ground there. So let me share a story from a couple of listeners of mine. And now, of course, uh, this is not the whole district, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, and first of all, I also want to mention there's a number of charter schools that people really like. I am not a parent, so I'm not going to like vouch for one or the other, but I've covered some. Uh, there's some that do some really interesting things. When it comes to the public schools, a few listeners have come to me 
And I think you and I probably both know them, but I don't want to like throw them out there in public without talking to them first. That they're actually taking their kids to DPS now. And what they're doing is they're going to the district and saying, this is the school I want to go to. And then a bunch of other people in their neighborhood are saying, this is the school I want to go to. And even pushing things to the point where in that school near where they live, they're all kind of saying, okay, we're going to get our hands into this school. And I think it's really showing the power of parental involvement. And I don't want to like throw other things under the bus because you know what? Abject poverty is a real thing. And when you've got to work two jobs and all the other things, it's really hard to throw in. Like to me, a lot of the issues with education is about people not making enough money to live. And having Jared, I was, so I was buying, I, Jared, I was buying snacks for my kids' school, and I'm out in Oakland County, like because the yeah. teacher did a cry for help, going, the kids are all hungry, and I'm like, oh my god, like you know, yep. there's nothing for me to chip in a little bit, but like that, you know, I can't imagine what if you're actually in adverse poverty, what what they're going through. Yeah. And so that's the challenge, right? Imagine the heartbreak if, because I can't imagine most of these parents who are making that kind of money, you know, 30 grand, 32 grand, whatever, they want to do it, but do they have it? And so these, you've got a group of people who have moved into the city or have lived in the city a long time, but you know what? In the city, there are a lot of people. There is money in the city. There's always been, and they're starting to be a little bit more. And they're saying, okay, we're going to focus on this school. And we're going to go to the PTA conferences and we're going to do the things and give them the resources they need. And all of a sudden that school becomes a place mm-hmm. where they're doing things and really showing great improvements and all that other stuff. And I don't want to take away from teachers, the the teachers working in these situations, they're dealing with a lot of challenges, yeah. you know, but it takes all of it. It takes the district, like the superintendents doing, trying to do a lot. You got teachers who are really trying, but it takes that other part and having the means to do that. And then you can start to move the ball a little bit. So my bold prediction in 10 years, that's the next conversation that we're not going to be having. We're going to be looking and be like, all right, DPS. All right. You might not sit there and go, oh, it's, you know, top 10 tier, but right. all right. All right. You know? And that was uh, one of the crazy things, too, just for just to throw numbers around. I remember when I was a PTA president. Don't laugh. Don't make fun of me. I swear to God, if you do, I'll hurt you. Um we raised like eight grand and it was like double what they raised the last couple of years. And I was all excited. Then I talked to my buddy who goes to Birmingham Sea home. His kids go there. He's like, Oh yeah. Our fall walk raised like 60,000. I'm like, stop talking to me. But like, you think about it, I go, what do you even buy as a PTA for that? Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, it's obscene to me. And just think about, you know, here we are in a pretty, you know, we're in a semi medium area and he, you know, obviously Birmingham's affluent, but like what happens if you're again, adverse poverty, like you, you would you have nothing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, and think about if you're trying to stretch dollars or whatever, and that's that that's kind of like the heartbreaking challenge. And so I think that's why it's so important to look at this whole thing is not just can we attract money in, but how can we raise incomes up and create opportunities to, to for whether it's getting them into jobs that pay more or paying more in general. You know, everything's costing more money. Let's make sure that some of that gets into people because you know what? It's it's. There are people and there are listeners of my show that are making, trying to make things work with kids at like 35 grand a year. Yeah. And it's just hard to do. Well, look at what's going on right now in the job market. You have GM, you had forced layoffs. You had Ford forced layoffs. DTE is laying off people. I had a couple of people reach out to me from, you know, IT and the regulars. Um, They're cutting contractors. So like, you know, the consultants of the world now. So it's like, we haven't seen, we haven't felt yet what that, triple trickle effect is going to look like for the region 
but it, you, you can only shift so many ways before people either leave or they take lower gigs or they, you know, or they just fed up. Um, it's a lot. What is your sense with kind of the, that home market in general? Do you think there's bright sides and downsides or how are you seeing everything right now? There's, well, I mean, here's the thing, you know, if anyone that's worked for a public company knows that they do layoffs right before earnings reports, because the stock market for some reason likes layoffs. And I was part of it a couple of times. So I, I understand, um, <laughs> This happens every five or six years. I think the, 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 you know, once you, you know, first you had the blue collar layoffs, then you had started having repeated, I think you're getting repeated white collar layoffs more than anything. Um, the factories, I think, are still operating. You know, I have a few friends that, you know, they're three shifts still going at Ford Strong. Um, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like the fact when you have good IT talent that doesn't know where to go work and people reaching out that are like technical project managers that are like, dude, I, I don't, I can't find a gig. Like, what do you mean you can't find a gig? Um, I don't like it. And then this whole, you know, Gen AI chat GPT thing, like we're all trying to get in front of it, but we don't know where the hell this is going to go. Like, I don't know if you saw, I wrote a, you know, the don't be that guy blog. I wrote it in chat GPT and I'm like, I don't need to write blogs anymore. I don't need to do it. You know, I just wrote, you know, give me top 10. Don't be that guys, you know? And that was it. So I'm like, what's real anymore now i saw something the other day not to get too far down the techie wormhole but like you know in in five years there's going to be more deep fake stuff of like celebrities and politicians and there are going to be real info out there so how the hell are we going to figure out what's re you know how are we going to discern truth and and you know what i mean when when that takes over so it's, we're at a we're at a weird spot right now in the techie uh uh where where this whole technology world's going to go well, you know, I keep hearing that there's all these jobs open in Metro Detroit and things like that, but it feels like there are certain segments where it's very up and down. And I think having m more diverse industries, I think, could be a really good thing. I'd, I'd like to see some of those people, if they could get a hold of capital or something, be able to start some stuff or do some things because there's so much really great talent here that I think if you could start something in certain areas, you could really create like make something special and create a lot of value because you don't want any of that. You don't want any talent that can be can be put to work sitting on the sidelines. And, and that gives a chance of, are they going to stay in the region? And I really wish that they, they would, but you know, people got to, people got to work and they got to make money. I just went to just Detroit, Michigan, indeed. And there's 67,000 job postings right now. And I'm just looking at flight attendant, um, healthcare, you know, call center, sign installer, custodian, tutor, physical therapy, pastry chef. You know what I mean? This is a little bit of, you know, these aren't the, these, you know, food packaging, service delivery, part-time at Aldi, crew at Trader Joe's. So Maybe I mean, you call a skills mismatch, Bob. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well there's there was we've been talking about skills gap for what is a uh, cybersecurity is negative, I think eight. What is the number now? It was it used to be 3 million negative unemployment um where they just can't fill. They don't know where to go. Um and they're bringing people up that don't need that shouldn't be up. My my wife was you see, she's in the medical field, and she was saying she had to take my daughter to uh, ER last week, and nothing serious. Um, but they were like, "I'm the girl tried to take my daughter, or she goes she tried to take Gretchen's blood pressure, and she had the cuff on backwards for the blood pressure, and I had to tell her." Ooh. And I'm like, I, I weep for our future. Like she was basically like, they're not training; they're just. And I go because they laid off a bunch of nurses that didn't take the. Uh, the Fauci ouchie. Oh, I had to say that. Sorry. Um, but you know, they had to lay off a bunch of nurses that refused the vaccine. And now, you know, now you're getting 
like low talent in the, in the medical pool. So it's kind of a, it, it's all coming in full circle. Well, yeah. And I mean, I know that there's a nursing chart shortage across the country. It's part of the reason why you're seeing all that investment. It doesn't get as much co- coverage, but all the stuff that Michigan state university is doing and putting their big medical footprint, medical school footprint with Henry Ford, there buying the Fisher building, yeah. which is something I didn't, I didn't see them buying the Fisher building. Um, but, but seeing what the uh, investment's going to be there, there's new apartments coming in for really aimed at this kind of group because there's so much need in the medical fields. But on the other hand, we have to make sure it's all worth it because you know what? It costs a lot of money to become a doctor in this country. It costs a lot of money to become a lot of these things. And we it costs a lot of money to stay to being a doctor. They're, they're, yeah. they'll mal- they'll, their malpractice bill on January 1st is obscene. Oh, for sure. You and I both have doctors as friends. Yeah. And it's it's a tough one. And so that's one of the challenges is that you go through all the school and do all these things and then you're still living kind of a, a restricted life because you're making all this money, but you're paying all of it out. Like I know we could go back and forth on the whole like student debt thing. But at the end of the day, how about we work on ways so it doesn't cost as much in the beginning or figure out ways to make that work so that we can make sure we have the talent we need. See, I, uh, I, I've been wanting to write a thing if I was president. And, and uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Actually, to be candid, I would never want to because I think probably somebody would want to vote for me and then I'd say no. Um, but I, no, but I was like student loans and I was like trying to figure this thing out. I'm like, make them interest free and let you write them off on your taxes. Just, yep, like, that's what exactly. Don't I absolve mean. the bill. Like you can't do that. Like, you know, you took out a loan, you pay your loan, but like there's ways to get it. You can do this a lot easier. Um, I mean, part of the problem is you've got so many people who are paying double the amount of the loan over time for various reasons. You're taking out a loan when you're dumb and I, no offense to my younger listeners, but like I was an idiot at 18. Dude, my right? wife, my wife still has student loans. She's 52 physician assistant. You know what I mean? It's great. I mean, it's grad school and she put all her housing on it. You know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. She was, she was studying so much. It, it dude, it's a thing. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not absolved from it, but like, then you go back and you look at the penalties and the interest and you're like, holy shit. And then you can't write it off in a bankruptcy. If you don't work, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it, it you know, well, we should do it interest-free as an investment in our future, Absolutely. you know, I, and then community I, college, you know, I've been preaching that for a long time. Community right. college should be extension of high school, two years, trade school, go like it, it's yeah. good. It, benefits society in the long term you know what i mean um i'll get shredded for that one but i don't care you know community <laughs> college oh, controversial f- opinion yeah. you want people to get education and jobs oh darn Dude, so that, bad after my daughter went to occ first semester before going to state i will gladly that bill was very <laughs> it's like a restaurant tab at the highlands for for the family of four to get a semester at occ i'll gladly do that um did you see the 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 one of the founding founders of zenders passed on this week she's like 102 something like that yeah over eight years old what a what a fantastic life yeah yeah i know that you're very much into all the all the german things yeah the not roasted chicken is not one of them for the record (laughs) (laughs) that is uh that is a misnomer that is they do uh boston chicken if you go to oktoberfest in munich it's it's boston chickens halves rotisserie it's it's that's or smushed they like take it and they like roast like on a like a big piece of iron on top and they smash a chicken like is it a spatchcock is that what it is when you flatten it randy is it spatchcocking yeah when you uh take out the back gotta be careful where you ask for that yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying 
you know what this town you know what the city could do without though like i'm talking about all the good things it really needs to do without the places the 18 dollar cocktail places that needs okay to i was gonna bring this up let's talk about 18 dollar cocktails and i want to talk about this new thing where burgers are like 20 bucks yeah yeah Jesus. i don't get it i don't get it at all especially for a basic cheeseburger now i get a oh, blended and all these other things but 20 dollars. have you been to have you been to california burgers with a z i have not there's one in uh him Tramick, and there's one in Warren on 12 and Okay, I can and easily an, get the Hamtramck one. It's an in and out ripoff, not in a bad way ripoff, but they're like, we're gonna make the best in and out that we can make, you know, in, in Michigan. And it's halal and it's fantastic. I put it in top three burgers. I, I really, yeah, I've had people that went to the Hamtramck one said it wasn't very good, but like the Warren one, it absolutely is fantastic. Yeah, I've been to the Warren one, and it was quite good. Okay, okay. But it's you know any 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 business that has a Z instead of an S at the end. I mean, I gotta you know, I gotta I gotta go there. <laughs> and it's not the joke like you couldn't afford the rest of it. It's like no, you chose to put a Z instead of a. Well, you, I, I remember URL wasn't available. I don't know. On the east side of Detroit, I don't know if it's still called that now. I can't remember because there were some ownership issues. But at the top of one of the old, the old Jeffersonian got called the Jefferson House. And they were played at the S with the Z, and it's right over the city of Detroit. And I'm like, oh my gosh. There's too many places around me, too, that have the German spelling of house. It's like you need to save that extra letter from the sign company. So you go H A U S. Like, <laughs> well, you, you know, like the house of brunch. And it was like. Or the Ferndale house, that apartment building. Is that H? Oh, yeah. No, because that's the guy that, oh, the design house. It's the same architect that, that's out in Auburn Hills by me. Um, okay. He owns that too. So that's why that his parents met at the Hofbrauhaus house in Munich, like the actual, like that's how so his existence is to that. I can garden. give him a little bit of a pass, just a little yeah, small, yeah, yeah. small. I'll, 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 I won't like it, but I'll allow it. You'll, uh, you'll wear the sombrero, lean back and say, you'll allow it. I know. <laughs> You've got well, the personal story. What else is uh, going on in your world? I know, like you're the only news outlet in town. I called you a news outlet. Slap me on my hand. Who knows um, what I am? I mean, I guess I'm. <laughs> I am. I I am entered. I put it out there to listeners for a podcast award to be like, what category should I be in? Because what I've learned is that we are something different to everyone, right? Yeah. Some people think we're business. Some think we're society and culture. Like the what's the what's the fancy word? Plurality. Of I think, people, I think you can be all of it. Yeah, but like, I have to pick one category because I'm not paying these people fifty dollars fifty times to enter every category. Yeah. Um. So ended up in news and politics, I guess, because I do end up covering things around, like happenings around town. Like nobody covers DCFC. You do a very good job at that. Thank you. Thank um, you, and th- thanks to Fletcher for that. Yeah. No, we'll be uh we'll be at this uh, next Wednesday. We'll be at this suite for uh, work. I got a work thing going. Oh, on really? There. I'm yeah. gonna be down there, of course. We bought two suites, so we'll be in one of the whatever one. Okay. Well, I'll be on your side of the pitch because I always wander over there. I'm always on the side that um, is the offense for DCFC because, okay. you know, our fans, we want to know about our goals. We don't really care about the other team. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just look for a bunch of slalom shirts. You'll, you can't miss us. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's such a great, it's such a great experience, even though the season's kind of mid. Um, it's such a great experience to do so much, like, fun stuff and and get out there and yeah, I mean, you know, it's just about sharing what's special about this region and looking at it in a little bit of a little bit of a different way. And you know what? We did a whole episode, you know, we did a whole episode on dive bars because why not, right? <laughs> As you should. And you didn't ask me to come on that episode? Oh my god. It was impromptu. I didn't mean to. It just literally was like, "Oh, we're doing this." But we got to we got to, you know what? We got to talk all things German again soon. Oktoberfest is coming up. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I got to keep remembering that Oktoberfest is not in October. September uh, last the third week it starts. It's because it's because of the weather. It's kind of a stupid. The, the whole reason for Oktoberfest is stupid. The fact that it's King Ludwig's wedding reception and they just kept partying. Um, it's just, it's it's no it, you know my whole culture is dumb and the later hosen the you know the slapping the knees and stuff dancing it's it's it's, just, it's you know Spanish I, I will never forget the Irish they all got these cool like histories and everything German is like. Yeah, we drink the beer and we dance with the suede shorts on, you know, and whatever. <laughs> I'll great. never forget the look of you and your friend over at the chili cook-off at the Rothskeller. Oh, yeah. We had, it was not, uh, was it two krauts, one cup? Was that our name that year? Something like that. Yeah. 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 Randy's <laughs> Randy <laughs> just, Randy just shaking. <laughs> I understood like, that reference. Uh, it was good chili. Um, I made it with Hungarian. I made it with like, a, I put a couple of German things. So all the old men were going nuts. Uh, used it Hungarian sausages the pork pot aside and yeah yeah anyway um no but i'm i'm I, you know again i don't know if i've been digging as much or looking but like again i, I just want to say like it, it's kind of cool to see just the temperature of the people of detroit now finally like you don't have that like clown that just moved down there from lake orion claiming ownership um or it's, if you do, somebody pulls them aside and goes, yeah, it's, we're all in this sure. together. It's not a, you know, I did see a couple of things like companies shouldn't be able to put Detroit in their name or 313. And it's like, uh, you know, it's the only town. It's the only town in the U.S. that does that stuff. That has this well, you know, weird... we're all in this. We're all in this together. We've said this on the show. Absolutely. We've multiple people who are on our show that are from, you know, from Brightmore, from corners of the city from corners of the suburbs at the end of the day we're all connected together like who doesn't have family in another part of town like who doesn't have a cousin in northville or an uncle in gross point or whatever and you know up by flint like at the end of the day we're all connected we're all in this together and the rest of the world looks at us together and you know i think enough of us have realized that now where it's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go out and enjoy something out if I go out to Ferndale or if I go out, you know, out your way out, you know, in the Rochester, Auburn area. And there's so many things. It's like, all right, I'm going to enjoy these things. And each of their flavors is something that adds a lot to the table. I mean, you look at how much, you know, things are happening in Troy or things are happening in Madison Heights. The the food communities, they're amazing. Dude, the Madison Heights Asian food scene is oh. insane right now. Yes, insane. So good. Like you right? can't. But you can't go to enough like it's almost like southwest detroit for for you know uh, latin you know or mexican flair it, it, you can't you don't even know where to go where do i start like there's 30 places that are just like all of them are top notch um it's just great it's great to see yeah yeah and and there's needs to be more uh i swear to god trying to get breakfast on a sunday in rochester hills like <laughs> every it's an hour long wait everywhere like i had to eat a you know it's 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 insane like it, we need more better breakfast places. I think we're, it's a dying art. The I, you know what? You're not alone out there because I, there's just this huge mismatch of demand and brunch people going. Like It's very imbalanced. I wanted to open a Qdoba style for breakfast. I don't think I've never been to first watch. I hear it's okay, but like, it's all right. It's all right. Omelet bar, waffle bar, sweet and savory, you know, simple, like not, not, nothing crazy, you know, good, good cup of coffee. Um, yeah, I don't need it doesn't need to be too crazy. Like Irish breakfast was fantastic. Like fantastic. One of the best, you know, the black pudding, all of it. Like the beans are weird over there, but I <laughs> it's like spaghettios and beans. It's weird. The sauce. Um, but fantastic, like, you know, and it's simple. You don't need anything crazy. You could have Bob's morning beans on your menu. That's what you know, that's what I'm talking about. You can buy them at the probably at the Scottish store with the one that um 
what's his face? Joe works at Eckroids. Eckroids. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to them. They're doing a ton of cool stuff too, and their shortbreads are everywhere. Are they really? Yeah, like they're doing a ton of stuff, Randy, right? Like uh, I think they're also on like the web delivery and yeah, all that you, too. Uh, they're selling their shortbread on Amazon now. Oh, wow. And a bunch of local stores and yeah. I just like see Joe complaining about everything. Yeah. This one time. I'm like, <laughs> welcome to customer service, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're always going to the customer is always the customer is always right. But also, uh, yeah, you got to take care that of needs to stop. Care. That needs to stop, dude. I um, I got myself in a wormhole of watching Karen videos, man. And like the people that get berated behind the counter is way too damn high. And then, and then management and ownership doesn't give them the onus to just like not take it. Like you'd stop letting people act like that. The full phrase is even the customer is always right in matters of taste. Like they th- correct I buy that ugly that. jacket it looks perfect on you whatever yeah that's where they're right in <laughs> yeah you don't have the you're not right in 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 berating people in like these people are just working trying to do their best to yeah. take care of you and we always it's talk not that big want, of a deal it's just a burger i want my burger order to be wrong that's my economic barometer i do not want someone that looks like they work on at a bank to be behind the counter you know i want a 16 year old kid you know what i mean like be wrong. It's fine. I'll live with no ketchup on my burger. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? Well, you know, part of the fun of going to Taco Bell is you never know what you're going to get. Taco Bell's gone to shit. I said it. It's not what it was. It's It's not what it was. I showed my daughter um, the 59, 79, 99 menu. She's like, Jesus Christ, what did you guys do? I go, we ate a whole lot of food for $5. Like this is what we did. And now it's like 12 bucks and it's like nothing. I used to work on TV crews back in my early 20s and just run up to the Taco Bell and get that 10 box. Yeah. There was nothing better back in the day. And that needs to stop, too. The $6 street taco with three pieces of nothing in it. That's what I ate this weekend. Like, enough with that. Like <laughs> If you go to an actual place, it, does, it doesn't cost. You know what I mean? That's one way you can tell if you're going to an actual place or not. Right? Because if it's $6 and it's like you know, two bits of nothing, then it's not as, as good as like, if you go to, and I think Tucker Al Ray, it's going to reopen in Lincoln park. I want to say, but you could walk in there with 10 bucks and come out an extremely happy individual. Way it's supposed to be. There's a place uh, out by me. I don't know if you've talked about it. You should um, come out here and eat. It's called carnival market. It's a, a supermarket, Mexican Ooh, supermarket. Okay. And uh, they have a little restaurant there, a little takeout. I Food's love it. Fantastic. It's so good. Fantastic. When I lived in upper Auburn Hills, I would go there. All yeah. The yeah. Time. They have a whole aisle of glass soda. Like it's it's a phenomenal place. A whole I actually found a di- I'm gonna make it out there, Randy. We've got to we've got to head out there sometime. Sure. If we've got some reason to go to visit, make sure we visit Bob. But there's I also now you. I come down by you. I know it's why if you got if you got a carnival market for me, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, there's a place called La Bodega, and it's actually Dominican food with Dominican soda. And the juices are top notch, just crazy. But it's like a little New York style bodega at like Outer Drive and like Toledo Road. Oh, I keep seeing like the chopped cheese. I want to. I want to bring chopped cheese here. Did you? Oh, have yeah. You seen what that is? I, I have. I have. It's a chopped up burger, and you put it on a on a bun. But for some reason, New Yorkers go nuts over it. I'm they do. Well, I. You know what? They've got their own food culture over there. That's you know super super insane. Uh, have you been to? And I haven't been there yet. Have you been to Detroit Seventy Five Kitchen yet? I see his videos every day. Right, um, and he's down in Southwest Detroit. Apparently, he's opening up a new spot um, at Oakland Mall. Oakland Mall. Yeah, in the old Sears. Oh, the old wow. Sears shop. Okay. 
which makes it a little bit more because his hours in South was Southwest Detroit are just not really conducive. Like it, he's closes at like five or something in Southwest Detroit. Yeah, yeah. So it's no, like it's hard to get good. over there. The stuff. Looks oh yeah, good. it looks great. I want to go try it out. He has it like this Detroit cheesesteak he wants to do. So I'm very curious. I, I I'm very curious about. It. I'm gonna have to like change my schedule to like go there sometime. You know the the stuff every time, and there's a guy that um. Do you remember? Do you ever see the uh, MTV Cribs Arab American Edition? It was a guy. It was a comedian in Detroit. Um, it's one of the funniest bits they've ever done. It was like just like MTV Cribs, but it was like a 1,100 square foot place in Dearborn, and he's like, you know, easy <laughs> like the Mustang drop top, and it's fantastic. If you're an immigrant, uh, if your grandparents are immigrants, it, it it translates the whole thing. It's hilarious. Um, but he's got a place called like Bulldogs in Dearborn that it looks fantastic. Um, I follow them on Instagram too. I need to drive out there. Yeah, definitely. If you go, if you go to Dearborn, I will definitely meet you up. Uh, bring Devin out because he he lives over there. We gotta you do know the gas station burger. I, I don't, yes, I, Tasties. Yes, but they're opening up more locations. That's what's crazy. They're expanding. They've got a place in Warren. They've got a few others. Bucharest is going to Southfield. What the hell's going on out here? Yeah, Bucharest is going to Gross Point, dude. All right, they, I think Tasties is franchising yeah. though. I think Bucharest is expanding single owner. Bucharest is company owned and Tasty's is yeah. franchising. Well, I mean, Tasty's has all that like media clout to be able to do it, you know? All right. Well, hey, Jerry, you're making me hungry. I got to go get something to eat, but we're going to cut you loose, man. Uh, always good catching up with you and uh, look forward to the next time we all get together. Absolutely. Take care, sir. Likewise, Jerry stays dailydetroit.com. Check out the podcast. Check out the blog. It's all good stuff and it's definitely worth your time. We're going to wrap things up for this episode 460 of the IT and the D show on behalf of Bob and Randy. Do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.